If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. So one of the biggest challenges uh, that we encounter as trainers is people who say they don't have time to go to the gym or it's hard to get to the gym or they don't have access to a lot of equipment. Can I still achieve uh, great results without any equipment? Do I have enough access to variety? How do I work out when I don't have equipment? In other words, I want to get in shape, but I want to do so at home, on the road, or just without a gym. And so in this episode, we talk all about that. We talk all about the challenges that come along with working out without equipment, some of the benefits to working out with without uh, equipment. Um, and at the end of the episode, um, so if you listen to the whole thing, at the end of the episode, we actually give you our favorite uh, body weight or not or no equipment needed exercises. So even if you just listen to the whole episode, get to the very end, you'll get a good basic at-home workout um, in, in terms of the exercises broken down for you that you can follow on your on your own and get great results. Now, before the episode starts, I want to remind everybody, Maps Anywhere, which is our program that we designed, we wrote the whole thing out, so it's all broken down for you, without equipment. So everything in there requires no exercise equipment except for resistance bands and maybe a stick. That program is 50% off. All you got to do to get the discount is go to mapswhite.com, that's M-A-P-S-W-H-I-T-E.com, and use the code ANYWHERE50, that's A-N-Y-W-H-E-R-E-5-0, for the discount, again, there's 72 hours left for this promotion. There's a common myth that I think we should uh, talk about and address. What is that, Sal? In this episode. Uh, what do you mean? What there's so many. Like, which one today is, well, I think, the thing? Well, there's a couple things. One, and they're related. One is that I can't build an incredible-looking and performing physique without access to a lot of equipment. Like, that's a big one, right? Like, if I don't have access to workout equipment, I can't really take my body to uh, advanced levels or I can't look the the way that I really want to look as if it's a subpar. It's just not as effective. So that's, uh, you know, uh, that's a big one. That's a big myth. Yeah. And then the second one is that those workouts are uh, boring. Um, they're not as fun. I don't have as much variety. Um, and I think it's connected to the first part, which is that, you know, they're just not as good. They're just not as good. If you want to get the best workouts, you have to have access to a lot of equipment. Um, I remember the first time I really uh, was faced with that, that paradigm, and it was early on in my career. It's when I first became a, a manager of trainers. I was young. I was only 18 years old. And one of the first things that I did when I got uh, into that position of management is I looked to hire um, new trainers. And I remember I got this resume, um, and the the resume looked really good. I called the guy up. Guy comes in, and he was just – he had just incredibly impressive physique, just an, an amazing impressive physique, the kind that you could tell on a T-shirt is really, really well-developed. And I thought, this guy must be a competitive, um, amateur, natural bodybuilder. He wasn't massive – but he did have these really, really defined-looking arms and forearms, and you could really tell. So as we were talking, I asked him about his fitness history. And uh, he said, oh, he, he was a competitive gymnast. And I said, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Well, anyway, later on, I would observe his workouts, and I noticed that he used almost no equipment in the mm -hmm. gym. When he would work out, he would use the dip bar, the pull-up bar, and the floor. And sometimes, not neither the pull-up bar or the dip bar. It was a lot of stuff on the floor. And every once in a while, he grabbed dumbbells and barbells. I, I, I never really saw him use equipment. I took him aside and I said, um, I never see you do curls or overhead tricep extensions. Like, do you really not do those exercises? And he goes, no, man. I, I built my body with almost no equipment. You know, as a gymnast, I used a lot of rings. And I used, the, you know, the, 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 what do they call it, the pommel horse. And mm -hmm. it was all my body weight. Um, and he goes, and, and I've done lots of weights. And I do like the results I get from weights because it's different. He goes, but uh, I grew up that way, and this is the way I train. And it really impressed me that you could achieve a physique that way without – and it was just a very muscular physique. And this is you know, back when I was younger when I really wanted just to look muscular. Um, and that's when I started to kind of revisit the, the value of uh, equipment-free you know, type of workouts. Yeah, I think that uh, a gymnast is the perfect example of uh, you know, a visual of somebody who can achieve a really – 
you know, uh, impressive physique just from bodyweight training alone. And granted, it's a very high skilled uh, pursuit in terms of like uh, what they're doing uh, training wise. But um, there, I think that there's a lot of challenges uh, in terms of like how to structure uh, a solid type of a workout with, with no weights. It, so, it, it is advanced, <clears throat> but they, they progress themselves to get to that advanced work. There's that's definitely I, a way to do it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought too. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, gymnasts are doing you know, iron cross and muscle ups and all that stuff, but they started somewhere uh-huh. and they progressed themselves to this point. The other time this paradigm, uh, I was fa- I faced this paradigm was when I uh, grand opened um, one of the gyms that I grand opened. And what happens when you grand open a big box is there's a, there's a couple phases of opening that they do. They do pre-sale where you sit outside and you sell memberships um, before the gym opens. And then they'll typically open like part of the gym. That way they can have people start to work out. And this one location, it, they opened up the cardio but the rest of the gym hadn't opened yet. Um, but we they, we were still allowed to sell personal training, and so I had a meeting with the trainers because a lot of the trainers were like, well, how are we going to train people? You know, we don't have equipment. And I'm like, we're going to use bands and we're going to use body weight. And the irony of this was the clients loved it. The results they got were phenomenal. You had to get more creative, of course, mm-hmm. which I'd like to talk about because there are challenges with designing a workout without equipment. Um, people loved it and they got great results. And then when the rest of the gym opened. A lot of these clients and trainers just kept training yeah. the way they were working out before. Well, that's interesting. And I've talked about this on the show before about taking a year basically off of lifting weights and focusing completely on body weight training alone. And there was a little bit of uh, internal conflict in, in, in terms of like, I mean, am I going to keep going? Is my body going to, you know, am I going to lose muscles or am I going to look completely different? Like, what are the detriments that I'm going to face with this? And to be completely honest, maybe I didn't gain a a substantial size like muscle wise, but there was so many benefits I got out of that experience that actually fed back into when I transitioned back to lifting weights that I became a big advocate to uh, body weight training. And uh, there are definite levels of intensity that you can create within your workouts to challenge you and and also to uh you know look different and, and change your and alter your physique along the process well, i remember when we wrote maps anywhere together this was uh one of my favorite ones that we did um you know i've enjoyed the process of writing all these programs with you guys but Maps Anywhere, one of the things that I enjoyed the most about that was it really took me back to being a personal trainer in a gym because, you know, real quick, if you scale inside of a a gym and you have eight to 10 clients a day, you have to train clients during the 5 to 9 p.m. And the prime time. Yeah, yeah. the prime hours when everybody is in the gym, every trainer is in the gym with every client they have. And if you you require uh, equipment, and weights to uh, do all of your exercise programming, um, you're going to have a tough time. Mm-hmm. And you know, quickly, I I figured this out and had to get creative and learn how to program uh, body weight type of exercises and exercises that required little to no equipment. Because what I found out was like, man, if I tried to fight for machines or equipment, I found I was standing around with my clients more than I was putting good work in, and so. I used to just take a client over to a corner somewhere and it literally would be like a five by five corner with nothing but a mat and a pair of dumbbells or a band or just their body weight. They did the same thing. And I would train them for the entire hour uh, right there. And clients did love it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The clients loved it. And it it just, it stretched me as a trainer too, to learn how to get creative, know how to regress and progress that. Cause obviously, uh, what I'm doing in that little corner with my 65 year old lady is different than what I was probably doing with my 25 year old young man in college. So learning to, uh, scale and adjust accordingly to the, the people. So that's what I enjoyed about maps anywhere. When we wrote that was learning to take all that stuff into consideration. Like, okay, how do we write a program that is all either body weight or band limited weights, right? No weights or no equipment required and give somebody at all stages a really good workout. And I think that's uh, where a lot of programming uh, that's at home or equipment free where they fail. It's pretty generic. It's like, you know, here it is. It's all plyometric type work and it's all kind of the same level, same intensity where we still took a lot of the core principles 
of all the the maps programming and phased it correctly and scaled the intensity and volume in it. That's a great point because a lot of the the way that um, most uh, at home or equipment free workouts scale is simply about you go from body weight exercises to jumping to like extreme difficulty and lots yeah. of intensity. Uh, scaling is, I would say, one of the more difficult aspects of training without equipment. And here's why, okay? If I'm doing a leg press machine and I get stronger, how do I scale that? I just add weight, right? Yeah. Super basic, super easy. If I'm doing a body weight squat and 10 reps is hard for me, how do I scale that? I do more reps, but at some point, uh, it, it, it which seems some point very, you can do 100 of those. So yeah, it seems obvious. Am I going to sit and do 500 squats? Uh, of body weight because that's how how I've had to scale it. Well, at some point you get diminishing returns because, as we've discussed in in, in previous podcasts, you know there, there there's effective rep ranges and they're they're quite wide. I mean everything from two reps up to twenty five or thirty reps is really can be quite effective at building muscle and shaping the body. But once you get past that, it starts to become more aerobic. So if I'm sitting there doing five hundred you know, reps of body weight squats, I might as well be running mm -hmm. um, outside and, and doing cardio. I'm not getting the strength uh, building or resist or the, or the benefits from resistance training because I've scaled past the point of its effectiveness. And so that can become a challenge. It's like, okay, I can do push-ups. I could do a million of them now. Now what? What do I do now? And a lot of people don't have the creativity or the understanding of how to scale exercises to keep them in those challenging rep ranges. Now, with the example of a squat, uh, if we were to if we were to use just the squat of uh, in terms of how we would scale it, um, you could slow the reps down. You could mm -hmm. do single leg squats uh, and variations of those. You don't have to go straight from a body weight squat to a pistol squat, but you can go from a body weight squat to a Bulgarian split stance, then a Bulgarian split stance with less uh, assistance from the back leg. Then you move to a version of a, maybe on a, on a box where you're using just one leg. Then you can move down to a pistol, and a pistol squat is damn hard. I don't yeah. care how strong you are. You're not doing 500 of those. Uh, you well, know. you can even just increase your own internal tension. You can squeeze your body uh, with your own intent more in the exercise, which makes it more intense, more difficult. Uh, and that's just a mentality, I think, that not a lot of people realize uh, will also contribute uh, to mobility, will contribute to uh, generating more force when you actually add load again. So there's elements like that, that I think that uh, a lot of people don't really understand isometrics or, or how to create more muscle tension throughout your body just doing mm -hmm. like a lunge, a squat, a push-up, uh, your, your, your staple sort of exercises. We can make them more difficult uh, internally. Right. And, and when you're trying to scale a workout that doesn't include equipment, you have to fight the urge. It's very tempting. You have to fight the urge to throw in plyometrics, okay? Because plyometrics are extremely effective for a very narrow ba band of individual. Um, they're effective at improving explosivity, uh, which mainly is applicable to sports. And there's a very, very small percentage of people who will benefit from plyometrics in terms of the risk versus benefit. And plyometrics are often applied the wrong way. Oftentimes, plyometrics are done to fatigue as a way to make uh, the workout intense. Um, plyometrics, when done properly, look more like an explosive you know, jump, for example, rest, wait, compose yourself, explosive jump again, rest, wait, ex you know, uh, uh, gather yourself, and yeah, repeat really to, gain, yeah, to gain that explosive uh, output. Um, not jumping until you get tired. You have to fight that urge. And with a lot of equipment-free programs, that's where people tend to progress. Like, I do push-ups. Okay, what's the next level? Jumping push-ups. Um, plyometrics have a high high uh, risk-to-reward uh, ratio. You can get uh, – there's a lot of potential for injury. So I, I'll tell you what right now, uh, of all the clients that I train, there's a very small percentage that I did plyos on. And unfortunately, most uh, equipment-free type programs – jump right to plyos, no pun intended, because it's an easy way to make uh, workouts harder. Um, there are more appropriate and more effective ways to progress uh, the intensity. Well, of not only that, but uh, very few at-home workout programs address like correctional stuff. 
you don't see a, a lot of emphasis. Well, most programs, period. But right. Definitely that. Right. Right. No, it's because it's even more challenging there. It's already one thing to address it when you have uh, the the gym and machines and equipment, but to find ways to incorporate movements that we know are the most common. Uh, areas where people need to be addressed. For example, like uh, upper cross syndrome. We talk about that on the uh, on the podcast all the time, which is the rounded shoulders and the forward head. One of the most common yeah, issues. I, you could you could say today probably everybody um, has it has this. It's just a matter of how bad it is. Mm-hmm. And there's movements in there that address this. And it's funny too because we're talking that we're doing this episode, which will be great because I'll post it on my Instagram this coming week. Um, I did a, a video of a movement like prone cobra, which, you know, I remember when as a trainer, when I first learned this, this exercise, mm. uh, I remember learning it. And then I remember never really doing it with any of my clients. because I was like, this is, you know, like a young, uh, trainer didn't know. Is that burning tons of calories? Right. It wasn't burning tons of calories. It wasn't super challenging for clients and it wasn't, didn't seem unique and different. And so I moved right along from it, but the importance of a movement like that uh, that addresses the posterior chain like that because when you look at somebody who's got the the rounded shoulders like that all those muscles in the front on your anterior delts your chest they're all tight overactive and those muscles that are responsible for pulling the body back into good alignment are are underdeveloped and are underactive and those ones are the ones that we need to address and do exercises for and it's tough to do that when you are only doing body weight movements you have to be very creative uh, to make sure you address all that stuff. And that's an area that I think I was really proud that we we made sure to incorporate that into mm-hmm. MAPS Anywhere. Yes, and, and one thing that is uh, important to communicate is it's not just important to have a correctional phase or a correctional component uh, to your workouts to prevent things like injury um, and to make it you know your movement better. It's also important uh, to get you results faster and more consistently. The number one thing that will prevent you, by far, from progressing is uh, poor movement patterns which lead to injuries. That's obvious, right? You hurt yourself, you can't work out, or you can't work out as hard, or you can't do the most effective exercises. You're not going to progress as fast. But let's say you're lucky. Let's say you're one of those lucky individuals that you just keep doing your workout, you keep having bad movement patterns, but you can keep working out and you haven't hurt yourself. Well, here's the deal with that. An exercise done with better mobility, with better and greater ranges of motion that you have control over, is a more effective version of that exercise. So, to put it plainly, if you can do a full squat with good control, good mobility, good tension, you'll get better results from that than you will from a not as full squat because of poor mobility and poor connection. So, correctional exercise, even if you're not afraid, even if you're 20 years old right now and you're listening, like, I'm not worried about hurting myself, I feel fine, I feel indestructible, which you're not, but fine, whatever. You'll get better results if you move better as well. So, it's not just about preventing injury. It's also about getting you there faster and keeping you there longer. That's the importance of correctional exercise. It took me years to realize that. I always thought it was like, oh, oh, you don't hurt? Cool, we don't need to do correctional exercise. Or, mm-hmm. oh, you're not old? We don't need to do correctional exercise. Then I started realizing that when I would apply it to people, man, they would just get better results. Their bench press would go up faster. Like, for example, if you have forward shoulder and, you, and you're really, you know, a heavy bench press is important to you. You want to be able to bench press a lot and you have forward shoulder. Correcting your forward shoulder will make you stronger mm-hmm. in your bench press. You know, if you want to develop amazing glutes, um, and your squat isn't super, super great, but you do them anyway and you're not hurting yourself and you're young. Get Correcting the imbalances that prevent you from doing a perfect squat or a great squat are going to make your squat that much more effective. Well, it's ignorant to think that uh, you know your average person or even a, like an athlete isn't going to have all these repetitive patterns that are going to end up uh, into like a, a problem, a movement problem that you're going to face, whether or not that's going to lead towards an injury or just uh, you know a lack of range of motion or something that's like you know not ideal in a movement pattern. So to be able to continually address that by adding in these corrective exercises is crucial towards your long-term success. Absolutely. I'm also really proud of how we created AMP sessions in here. I think this is another thing that was really unique and special uh, about this program. To your point, Sal, you uh, mentioned earlier about 
the leg press. How do you scale somebody on a leg press? Okay, it's very easy. You could do 150 pounds this week, and then next week you can do 200 pounds. I mean, you can go for a very long time just adding weight or regressing it by pulling weight off. So if I have two people that own the same program and I say leg press on there, I can have a 60-year-old person do it and only do it with 50 pounds, and I can have a young, strong person that's 20-something years old do it and do 300 pounds, and it's uh, easy. It's uh, for both of them, right? Equally, it'll be challenging. Challenging. Well, how do you do something like that when you have a body weight, uh, you know, dom- body weight dominant program? How do you scale that for a different individuals? And that's where the amp sessions came in that were so unique that I really, really liked that we did. Where you have these different levels of intensity mm-hmm. and difficulty that we allow the flexibility of the client to be able to pick. Like, okay, if you know you're a first time coming through this program or you're an advanced age and you need to do something that's a little bit lower intensity, you'll choose from this category of exercises. Mm -hmm. If you're somebody who's more advanced, you've been training for a long time, you've done at-home workouts and you're you're at the much higher level. You have exercise you can choose from there. So we we have scaled it that way too. That allows all levels to follow this program and it still be very challenging. It was important that we did it that way because I think again, like you have to get creative when you're when you're uh, creating this workout with just body weight exercises because like you could just go scale the weight easy. It's like oh well, I'm going to go get a little bit heavier weight and that's how I'm going to progress. But we give all the examples of like. Well, on a scale, we, we had to discuss these exercises too. Do you think this one would be in this category, being in like a little bit more intense than this version? So we put a lot of thought into that to make sure that it was appropriate for somebody that was like really advanced, or somebody intermediate, or somebody that's just kind of coming out of being beginner. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny too. Um, just stay on the topic of of maps anywhere. That was the first program that we ever created, where a lot of the um, accolades that we got, a lot of the the positive reviews came from personal trainers. It was one of the first times we put something out and personal trainers were writing us and saying, oh man, you guys did that really, really well. You programmed it right. And I think I know why. If I think of all the categories of workout programs that are out there, and if I break them up into two categories, workout programs that involve gym equipment and workout programs that involve just being at home and working at home, I can say with full confidence that the at-home workouts generally are are, are much more terribly written. Mm-hmm. And I think mainly it has to do with the fact that they're hitting a different demographic, right? Like they're aiming for people who are beginners who don't have or maybe intimidated by the gym. If you write a, a, a workout for people with gym access, you're kind of assuming that they already work out in a gym. Right. When you write a workout for people at home, a lot of these fitness program manufacturers or whatever – they're assuming that they don't work out at all. Mm-hmm. And so all the energy goes into just making it super hard, sweaty, and burn a lot of calories. And so it was a, a space that was kind of easy for us to, to to tackle in terms of making a superiorly programmed pro- uh, workout. Now, of course, that doesn't mean it wasn't challenging for us. Um, there are things you can utilize at home that really augment your workout. I guess one of the uh, – I, I don't want to guess. This is actually true. One of the difficulties of working out without equipment is – Variety. Now we know that the body, to an extent, thrives on uh, some novel stimulus. Now it's not everything, so I don't want to confuse people. I don't want people to think that you know the muscle confusion, you know, bullshit principle or whatever that it always has to be different all the time uh, for your body to respond. That's not true. You can actually do the same exercises in a particular way for a while and get better at the skill of them for a long time, depending on how difficulty difficulty exercises. For example. A bodyweight exercise that's relatively high skill would be a handstand push-up. Right. Um, you could practice handstand push-ups and do handstand push-ups if you've never done them before for a few years and consistently progress and get stronger because it's such a technical exercise that it will take you a long time to practice and master. Yeah, you might spend three months just, just getting, learning how to do it. Just uh, getting yeah. into the position. That's right. Right, which has some benefits to just doing that. That's right. So, uh, so but that being said... At some point, you want some variety. Um, there's got you know your your body does respond to novel novel stimulus. And when you walk into a big gym, you have you know 150 pieces of equipment to choose from. You have dumbbells and barbells and cables to choose from. So the variety's easier 
uh, I should say. You don't need to be as creative, especially even if you're a beginner, you can walk in and be like, well, I did this bicep machine. Now I'm going to do this bicep machine. Or I'm going to try, I'm going to look at all these 10 chest machines and pick these three for the next four weeks and then do those three for the next four. So it's kind of easier. It's laid out for you. Variety uh, and, and that novel stimulus is a little bit more difficult with bodyweight exercises. Now, the, the truth is, there's a lot of different bodyweight exercises. I could list as many bodyweight exercises uh, out there as there are machines that are out there. Not only that, but if you have the if you have access to extremely inexpensive at-home equipment like resistance bands, mm -hmm. and resistance bands are, are inexpensive. You could get really good quality, like the best quality resistance bands won't cost you more than seventy to hundred dollars. I don't know of any mm -hmm. resistance bands that are way more than that. And you can get some really inexpensive ones that'll do the job as well. You might have to replace them after a few months of heavy use. That'll cost you about 20 bucks. Resistance bands add an almost infinite number of variety of different exercises. It oh, yeah. emulates cables, right? Yeah, especially if you can get the ones like we partnered with a company that uh, rubber bandits, they have uh, an attachment for the door that can go wedged into the door. So now you have a new anchor point too to pull from, which that's another difficulty with at home training with rubber bands even is that you're not really, sometimes you don't have something to hang it around. Right, right. And so that becomes a difficulty, but you always have a door. So they, they solve that problem. Uh, but there's also, there's a couple other uh, sort of a pieces of equipment uh, that were really like, you know, household items that we, we threw in there as well. One was a stick. And this was something that I was experimenting with quite a bit uh, back when I was like messing around with an invention idea. And we incorporated some of those tension moves uh, into this program, which I, I was actually excited about because I was curious to see people's reaction to it because I knew it, it is something you immediately feel. Mm -hmm. uh, you get that feedback by pressing into uh, the wall or pressing into the floor. To create tension. To create tension. To and it really helps add in, uh, it gives your body a way to understand how to create that internally. Yeah, because uh, creating internal tension, if you know how to do that and you start to master that, you can attack um, and target and stimulate any muscle on your body. Why is that important? Well, think about it. Um, you have a particular way you want to sculpt your body. There are areas of your body that you want to develop. Some exercises, some of the most effective exercises, don't just work the muscle that you're trying to target. They work a lot of different muscles. And if you don't have the ability to activate those muscles um, very well, then you're going to develop the other supporting cast of muscles. You may not get the results that you want. Using a device like a stick, literally, it's a stick, like a broomstick, mm -hmm. there are ways you can use the stick to irradiate your body, activate the central nervous system, and create tension with your body. Then when you, that alone, by the way, will build muscle and strength, but then when you combine it with full range of motion exercises, I mean, uh, the results are phenomenal. Not only that, but the, the injury prevention that comes from that. I, this is something that I used to always try and teach clients. It's I, why when, when Justin brought this element, and I remember we are, we were first testing and doing a lot of stuff with him, and I was like, oh, man, I absolutely love this. Because what, when I think back to all the clients and the injuries that they had, they were always these weird you know, freak accidents, lifting the dog food bag up or gardening in the in, in outside or, you know, just rotating to the side, just real basic type movements. And a lot of that is because people don't know how to connect to all those internal m muscles and use that internal weight belt to support themselves when they do a rotational movement or when they hinge over and they pick something up. And sometimes we take that for granted as trainers because we've trained ourselves so long to do that, that, hey, when I do pick up a laundry basket or do something that's weighted more than 10 pounds and I pick it yeah, up. You off just the, immediately brace. Right. I know to brace. I know to brace. and, and It just happens automatically. Right. Because mm -hmm. I've trained that for a really long time. Well, not a lot of clients understand that. And so I love incorporating an element like that that helps te teach people how mm -hmm. to connect to that. And the the use of the, the stick really helps show and help people make that connection to all those internal muscles that really supports your body. So when you think of the average client who, yeah, we all want to, you know, look a little better or lose some body fat or build a little bit of muscle, but at the end of the day, we all want to feel better and definitely want to protect ourselves as we get older. And that to me is mm -hmm. one of the, one of the coolest parts about that piece that was added. And Jeff, Justin was definitely responsible for adding a lot into the, into the, the program when it came to that. And I just love that because, like I said, when I think back to all my clients 
it was always those little things. I, I, I rarely have ever had a client. I don't think I ever had a client who was deadlifting 100 and something pounds and I hurt them or they were squatting. It's never that. It's always some little thing outside. It's the natural unconscious yeah. movements yes. uh, that, that tend to cause problems with right. people. The other thing is this, and I think this is a really important thing to, to consider, um, that sometimes we, we tend to forget because our mindset may be so different. But if you think of the average person um, who's trying to work out consistently and make fitness a part of their life long term, if you think of the average person, one of the most difficult things for them, one of the biggest challenges uh, is being able to find the time to be consistent with their workouts. Uh, the day can get away from you if you have kids, maybe if you travel for work. Uh, it, there, there can be barriers can be placed in front of you in order for you to get your workout. And it can, be, it can make it very difficult to work out even just three days a week. And so one thing that I learned as a trainer years ago that really helped be, people become consistent was to remove the barriers, get rid of those barriers, or, 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 or leave as little as possible between the client and their workout. And to be quite honest uh, with, with everybody listening right now, one of the biggest barriers to getting people to work out consistently is the fact that they have to drive to a different place, put on workout clothes, get in there, do the workout, it's crowded, what am I, whatever, then shower, whatever, drive home, and that extra time it takes to go somewhere else, to find parking, do all that stuff, sometimes is enough to tip the person over the scale into from I'm going to work out to, ah, you know what, I'm just not going to work out. And if you're listening right now, this is totally normal. Like, I know exactly what that feels like where you're like, okay, I, I'm going to work out. I kind of don't feel like it, but, you know, I, I know I should. And it's like, oh, man, you know what, all those barriers in front of my way, I mm -hmm. think I'm going to skip that workout. Well, I'll tell you something right now. If we can get rid of those barriers, if your workout is anywhere, if your workout's at home or at the office or while you're traveling – now those barriers are out of the way. Now it's, it's, it's harder for that side of you to convince you to not work out or it's harder for, it, for things to get in your way. When your workout mm -hmm. is wherever you're at, you can literally do the workout. I, I know this because I have a garage gym, for example, and I know I, I don't have to like change my shirt. I don't have to even brush my teeth. I can just go in the garage and work out and I can oh, feel nasty. Yeah, and I can feel how you know, how, how much more consistent that almost makes me, even me, somebody who's a fitness enthusiast. So you eliminate those barriers. One of the greatest benefits to having a good, effective workout, a long-term effective workout that requires no gym access is there's less barriers between you and consistency. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening right now, and the number one reason why you're not where you want to be in your physique, your performance, your fat loss, and your your fitness, if one of the number one reasons why you're not there is inconsistency, and I can guarantee you right now, majority of you, it's one of the top, it's top three, then what you want to do is you want to create a, a solution that increases the odds that you're going to be consistent. And one of those things is make it so that you can do this damn workout yeah. wherever you want. And Again, a lot of you may not know what to do. We created a program that outlines all that, but it's one of the greatest benefits to at-home workouts. This is the tool in your toolbox. This is something that I feel like anybody can benefit from learning if if you are in that situation. Again, if you're an experienced lifter, if you're an athlete, if uh, you know you think you know what you're doing in the gym already, like just to have that backup plan. Even if it's a plan B plan, like this is something that's still going to propel you forward. It's going to maintain, you know, what, what you've been working on. Uh, it's very complimentary. Uh, I always made sure that I had like either it was like an outside workout or some kind of workout at my house that I could always mm -hmm. just get up and go do just for that specific reason of consistency. Well, I know we're talking about building an amazing body with no gym and we've, we've touched on maps anywhere and like, you know, how and why we programmed it. But I think it's also important to note like how this program is, is used uh, with people. And one of the things isn't just, yes, you can build an incredible physique just by doing an at-home workout. But I also think there's a lot of value to those people that are listening right now that train inside of a gym, but still utilize this program. And we have quite a few people that use maps anywhere like a deload. And one of the, th and this or is just for variety. Yeah. Th this is kind of more how I use this. Like I, I use this uh, maps anywhere a lot when either we travel or as like a deload or variety into my, my training routine. Cause really, real easily I can get stuck in the, 
you know, stuff that I like to do and training inside the gym. And so making sure that oh, I check myself like, oh, wow, it's been a long while since I put a lot of focus on body weight type of training. You know, let's pull myself out of this current program that I'm running right now and let's run a two to four weeks mm-hmm. of all body weight training. And just the way you feel when you pull away from the weights for a while, like the the difference that I feel in my joints and you, you're always intimidated to do that or at least a guy like me is intimidated to do that because I'm afraid I'm going to lose all this muscle, like, oh God, if I can't, you know, squat my 300 pounds or I can't Mm -hmm. be bench pressing 200 some pounds, I'm going to like all of a sudden just all this muscle is going to fall off my body. And every time I do it, it never happens. And I always come back stronger and feeling better than before. But there's a lot of value in that using it like that also. And and oftentimes you build more muscle because it's a, it's a different stimulus. And, And here's the other thing too. The thing I like about body weight uh, movements, um, especially as they become more and more advanced, they increase your body awareness uh, way more than weights do. Here's where body weight movements really shine: um, is they give you a higher level of proprioceptive ability. Now, proprioceptive ability is your ability to you kind of know where your body is in space. This is why uh, fighters, boxers, wrestlers, jujitsu guys. Now they lift weights, but they also do more typically body weight type movements than they do weights because it translates to the to sports mm-hmm. quite effectively. It makes you more body aware. You know how to move your body. Like if I do a, a again, if I do an overhead press, I need to brace my whole body. If I do a handstand push up, I need to brace my whole body differently and I need to add an element of balance and I need to be able to be okay with pressing my body while it's upside down. So think about that for a second. Your body's upside down I have to be able to exert this pressing force while I'm oriented to the world differently. So weights, you tend to orient the weights differently, okay? When, you, when you're using your body, it's your body that you're orientating differently. And that's a skill. Mm-hmm. And like all skills, you can develop that skill, become better at it. And when you become better at it, your body progresses. This is why I think if, if, if you're listening and you only ever train in a gym, try this out. Just do two weeks or do two to four weeks. Two to four weeks of no weights, just body weight movements. Watch what happens to your body when you go back to the weights. One of the biggest benefits was body awareness. It was uh, going through that whole process for a year of training, just body weight was just how connected I was to my body and how in space I was familiar uh, with more ranges of motion, which if you think about when most people – get injured. It's usually in a, in a place, in a body position that their body doesn't really know how to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm, or I, I don't know how to connect to that certain range of motion that now my leg is in, uh, and that's going to leave me compromised. And so to be able to take that time and put your body in certain positions that are different than, uh, your typical ones of just lifting weights is massively beneficial. Yeah. And this is the example of like the super strong bodybuilder, lots of muscle, lots of strength, but they can't, uh, like lift their body over a wall or if they do, they tend to hurt themselves or it's very, very difficult versus somebody who's also very strong, who practices body weight movements, probably orients themselves pretty well to the wall and can, jump over the wall. Now, what benefits is that to the to the average person? Well, let me tell you, it feels different. It feels different to walk around and move around with that level of body awareness, and that bo- that level of body awareness contributes positively to traditional resistance training workouts, which I think it's important for everybody to go through a cycle uh, of uh, of body weight training. I'm going through all the the exercises too, and one of the things that, you know, thinking of like the difficulties of Writing a program or following a program that's at home also is addressing every every muscle group, right? Mm. It's you know some exercises are pretty basic that most people understand. Like oh, if I want to do legs, doing a squat or a lunge is pretty obvious. But you know, hey, if I want to address my rear delts or my shoulders mm. or you know all the different muscle groups on your body, I think that's what was really. Uh, unique also. I think that's what took a lot of expert programming in this too, because I was going through and I'll just, I'll, I'll read them to everybody so they can kind of get an idea of the type of movements that are inside these. So I'll go through like a foundation. So we have the foundational uh, days. So you have your, your foundational days and then you have your amp sessions and we have two phases inside there. And just here's some of the first phase stuff. So you have your stationary lunge, you have a single leg toe touch, you have a prone cobra, 
you have a stabilization push-up, you have a one-arm band row, you have a full plank to a downward dog, you have a plank shoulder touch, a hollow body rocker, you have body weight squats, single leg hip bridges, maps handcuffs, uh, you have uh, maps posture push-ups, you have band straight arm pull-down, you have band pull-aparts, the perfect windmill, ISO dead. You're hitting everything. Maps rollover. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, it's a, it's, it's such a cool, unique uh, program. And then you get into like your amp sessions, man. The amp sessions, there's so many different exercises that we included in there to intensify all that. That you can pick from. And then on top yeah. of that, you know, we have all the the suspension trainers. So if oh, you, I forgot all about suspension trainers. Right. Yeah, that was something too. I I loved uh, experimenting on and and uh, to especially to intensify these types of exercises to add that element of gravitational forces and to to uh, make the angles a little more extreme the uh something like a suspension trainer trx uh really is a is a great tool for that and it's uh there's it's very versatile there's a lots of different exercises now uh that i can i can either regress or progress by um you know using a suspension trainer and and use that anchor point to now determine how intense i can go uh, i love suspension training um and you, you had mentioned it you might know that you know the most popular suspension trainers by the brand name uh, trx but the suspension trainer refers generally to those kinds of yeah it could be like olympic yeah. rings it could be yeah. there's lots of different uh, forms of that i know there's like the jungle gym now and that adds a whole new level of variety and it also adds a whole new level of intensity so if you're like oh i'm really strong I need heavy weights. You could do some exercises on a suspension trainer that'll challenge even the strongest uh, individuals. Well, that this is what I've told somebody who is not going to ever progress to the gym. They want to stay at home training forever. Um, how I te- typically tell them to progress themselves through maps, because you could literally go through maps anywhere multiple times and multiple rounds, progressing through all the amp sessions. And then eventually, the the, the only investment you really need to make are rubber bands and then eventually a suspension trainer if you want to which you know a hundred hundred bucks or so you can go get yourself a pretty decent suspension trainer and then progress to those and then it gives you a whole nother mm-hmm. uh, you know volume or uh, library yeah, we, we put that in as a bonus yeah it's not you don't have to have that in order to do the program it's something that we did in addition to that it's a great way to scale it so if you're somebody who wants to let's say all year long train at home you know, you could go through this program, use the tools that are in there to scale this thing multiple times and get incredible, incredible results. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, uh, you, you want to look at and weigh everything out. So if consistency is hard for you because you're, uh, you travel or because you're at home um, and you don't have access to a gym, um, if you're somebody that likes the variety of being able to work out anywhere, they, anywhere you possibly can, if you're somebody who trains at the gym and you need to add some new novel stimulus and get your body used to doing some, you know, uh, closed chain body weight movements. I mean, consider all these factors and also understand this working out without gym equipment does not mean your workout's going to be subpar or not as effective. That's false. Um, it does require good exercise programming. I would say you probably have less wiggle room in terms of getting results. Like you could have something not be programmed as well with equipment and maybe get better results. But if you have a well-programmed workout, at-home workouts or equipment-free type workouts can be extremely, extremely effective. So don't let that prevent you um, from your fitness goals. Don't let the fact that you travel a lot or that you don't want to go to a gym prevent you from your fitness goals. You can do, a, you can accomplish incredible things with a well-planned workout that needs no equipment whatsoever. All right. Well, now that we have kind of gone over uh, and really made the case for why. You can achieve a, an incredible physique and get good results without equipment. I want to leave people with some some good uh, tangible takeaways, right? I want to go through and talk about maybe like the, the, our favorite equipment-free exercises um, or minimal equipment, right? Like with bands or whatever. Like what exercises would we for sure or should they for sure include in the routine if they're working out at home or on the road or just not with the gym? Well, right away, I think of the ones that you you have to be doing so you address all the major body parts right. that are important. And, you know, so the first one that comes to mind for me is you have to have a squat with the variations of that. Absolutely. It's a fundamental movement. Absolutely. Now, if, if squats are too hard for you to do with good form, 
uh, an easy regression would be to get a chair um, and to slowly sit down, control the sit down, sit, and then stand up. Now, for those of you listening that are like, well, even bodyweight squats are too easy for me, practice doing a single leg squat or a pistol. Um, and you can do this holding on to something to get used to at first. Another way to do it would be to stand on something and squat down with one leg with the other leg hanging off to where you touch the floor. But doing a squat with one leg, very difficult even for the strongest uh, squatters in my experience. Right. Uh, what's another good exercise? Push-up. You have to have yeah. push-ups in there. That's like the epitome of, uh, of body weight exercises. Um, and then- now there's a couple ways to regress this. So there's one ways to kind of half your body weight by, uh, you know, going on your knees. And so you want to make sure that you extend your hips all the way, uh, down. So there's no hinge in your hips. As yeah, you so, do you're like a, so you're like a, a diagonal plank or whatever. Right. Or you could take that and, and place your hands on something a little higher, like a bench and do it from there, which will actually like lower the gravitational force. Yeah. I used to have a clients, um, use a countertop or, uh, coffee table or smith machine that's what these are always smith yeah, machines that's right. great for that. that's my favorite actually. but when you get really really good then you start to do them on the floor and then when you get really good at those you widen your stance and go ahead and do one arm push-ups uh that is a killer shoulder and chest exercise oh yeah uh that can take a while to to master um and it creates great shoulder stability so we covered the two most popular, right? Squats, push-ups. What else? What else would be a good... Floor bridge is a must for me. I just think that uh, we talk all the time about in any sort of programming that getting connected to the glutes, uh, using your butt, so it's one the strongest muscle in your, your lower half, so... Doing a floor bridge uh, is great, and also too all these all the exercises that we're we're talking about right now. Our, our YouTube channel has mm -hmm. uh, all of these movements and how to do them properly for someone who's listening that doesn't maybe own one of I'm our. Glad programs. you said that. Yeah, and you want to know detail on how to do this because a floor bridge is one that looks really basic and simple, but I see a lot of people do it wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think starting off with a floor bridge, that's that's a very very basic movement that most all people all levels can do, mm -hmm. and if it's really easy for you then it's really simple to progress that to a single leg and i tell you what a single leg floor bridge done properly yeah it can be very challenging very hard the mm -hmm. goal is to connect to those hip extending muscles the glutes squeeze them and then those of you with uh weakness uh pushing out so if you have like weak glute med muscles or you want to develop the outside of your glutes you can even use resistance bands around your knees and press out and those of you whose knees automatically go out when you squat. You can even squeeze something in between your knees mm -hmm. while you do a floor bridge. So there's a lot of variations of the floor bridge, but it is a phenomenal exercise. How about the prone crow bridge? You brought it up earlier in the episode, Adam. I think that should be a must. It is. And oh, everybody's yeah. it addresses everybody's postural issues with their upper body right away. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and watch the video that we did on YouTube on that one as well because there's a hand rotation at the top of the movement. But it really works on squeezing back the shoulder blades and bringing them down, which is the counter to the common posture issues that people have with the forward shoulder. Right. Um, everybody's going to say pull-ups, but I like to say body rows. Um, I think a pull-up is a, is a progression from a body row. I think mm -hmm. a body row is more appropriate for most people. And this is just... You can do this with a suspension trainer. You could do this with a uh, with a bar where you're just hanging, mm -hmm. but you're kind of underneath it, almost like an upside down push up is what it looks like. Right, where your legs are straight, body's tight. Mm -hmm. Pull your chest to the bar. Great back exercise. And then if you're not strong enough to do a body row or a pull up. You can do this with a, with a, a light resistance band that you anchor in a door. And you can also, you know, switch your grip around too. So if you wanted to go more uh, with a supinated grip, so I'm going to focus a little more bicep involvement, we could do that as well. That's right. Um, plank shoulder touch. What do you guys think about that exercise? I, I think we put that one in, in maps anywhere as well, didn't we? Well, I like that. Just to, I like that as a, a core exercise and a shoulder exercise together. So I think that's a great movement. And, and you know, Justin loves to talk about anti-rotational stuff. So it has a, an anti-rotational element in there. So uh, I think, and that's, these are the little things that, you know, someone sees a movement like that and they're like, oh, that's lame or basic. But you know, making sure that you're getting benefits like that, uh, mm -hmm. I think are important. And so the programming of that inside of a body weight routine, I think is crucial. I think it's a great exercise that's overlooked just like the prone, prone cobra. Yeah. And if you do it with good tension, um, you'll get great core activation with that one. That yep. one looks like, like Adam said, it looks like a basic one. Um, but, uh, I do them, um, and I use it as an advanced exercise. Um, single leg toe touch, which is essentially a one legged 
balancing deadlift. Such a good movement. I love that. I don't care who you are, where you work out. I almost always program single leg toe touches uh, into the workouts that I would write. Um, I almost no, I, I, There's almost no exercise I feel more in my glutes right. um, than a single leg toe touch. And then the balance factor, right? Oh, yeah. There's lots of factors. And doing it right and without, again, the, the rotation element of it and really focusing down on the intent of the exercise, that's another one where if you really master the mechanics of it, it's going to help to translate back to, you know, if you're doing any type of hip hinging movement or anything like that. Well, I, I think it's also, it, it touches an area that, I and to your point, Sal, like this is something that ended up being programmed into every client that I had. Like I always had single leg toe touches in there because many people that have low back pain, it stems from the hip issue, like not having full range and control of the muscles that are responsible for moving mm-hmm. the hip. And all help the, to stabilize your hip. Right. And so, and it's just because as we age, we, we don't move in all these different planes anymore. And so a lot of those muscles that are responsible for stabilizing the hip or taking the hip through its fullest range of motion become dormant. And a single leg toe touch uh, really wakes up all those muscles that mm-hmm. are surrounding the hip that help stabilize that really, really good for helping alleviate somebody that may have low back pain caused from the immobility of their hip. So this is such a good exercise and it's challenging. And it's one of those ones that, you know, with just your body weight alone, you can make really, really tough uh, before you can progress from that. Right. And then uh, a band chop. I like rotation to the side. A Mm -hmm. resistance band allows you to use resistance um, and you can go downward uh, chop. You could do an upward chop or just a straight sideways chop. Really strengthen the rotation of the core. And of course, Works on the obliques. And so I think we, we listed some of our favorite exercises that you can either make more difficult or make a little easier. And even if you just did, even if you just listened to this episode and just did those exercises, and it gets more complicated later on as your body adapts, but even if you just did those exercises at home and you did them right with the appropriate intensity, you're going to get good results. So I'll list them again. Uh, thanks, Doug, for writing them down. We have squats and variations, push-ups, floor bridges, Prone cobras, body rows, and their variations, including pull-ups, the plank shoulder touch, single leg toe touch, band chops. Those are some of our favorites for body weight exercises. And I believe at the airing of this, at the time that we're going to air this episode, Maps Anywhere should still be 50% off. So we took the pricing, cut it in half. I believe there'll be like three days left in the promotion, if we're not, if I'm not mistaken. Doug's nodding at me. So yeah, you'll have three days left when this airs for 50% off. For that discount, go to mapswhite.com. That's M-A-P-S-W-H-I-T-E.com and use the code ANYWHERE50. That's A-N-Y-W-H-E-R-E-5-0, no space, for the discount. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.